0: In Luke chapter 15, 1 through 32, Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son. Now, you may have heard this one, but you still need to pay attention. This is our story. It's all of our story. A man has two sons, and one day, the younger one asks his father for his share of the estate. I mean, basically, what he's saying is, Dad, give me what I'm going to get when you die someday. It's a little harsh. The father, divides his holdings into two, and he gives the younger son his share. And then after a couple days, the son leaves. Well, and let's just say he spends the money fast and he doesn't spend it well. After a string of terrible choices, he winds up starving, working for a pig farmer, wishing he could eat pig food. It's basically as low as a Jewish person at the time of Christ could get. Pigs were unclean. And here he was taking care of them and considering eating out of the same trough as the swine. Now, I know I said this is all of our story, and you may be thinking, Chris, I have never and will never sink that low. Hang in there. It's still your story. There, at his lowest point, the younger son realizes that he's been a fool and that even the servants on his father's property have it better than him. So he resolves to go home to apologize to his dad and to beg him to let him work as a hired servant. Now, there's a lot we could break down in just that section. The truth is, living in sin is not glamorous. Sexual promiscuity, drug abuse, dishonesty, greed, they're all traps. They trade the lie of momentary pleasure for a prison of lifelong consequences. And that's true in every generation. Now, this young man, he realizes that he's screwed up. Sadly, many people live their lives telling themselves that they're winning, all the while they're busy digging a pit that just keeps them trapped. Pride and foolishness keep them from making better choices, and the cycle of bad things just keeps spinning. Proverbs 11.12 says that with humility comes wisdom, and when the young man breaks down and admits that he's screwed up, he makes a place for wisdom to come in. Remember, this is our story. With humility comes wisdom. Now, it's fascinating how the young man comes home. It says that while he's on the road, a long way off, the father sees him. And he's filled with compassion. Remember, this kid took half of everything the man had and he squandered it. He basically said to his dad, I want to live like you're dead. And now seeing him, the father feels compassion. Okay, don't miss that. Jesus is teaching us about how the father looks at us too. When we sin, and we all sin, it's like we're saying to the Lord, I want to live like you don't exist. Yet he's always looking for us. Even when we're far away, the Lord feels compassion. That's what Christ's death is about. Jesus is the love of God for us poured out before we ever asked for it. Now, before the son can even get out his prepared apology, the father kisses him. That's important. The apology didn't earn the father's love. It was always there. Sometimes, when we fall into sin, we can falsely believe that God stops loving us. But God's love isn't dependent on us. It never stops. Now, as soon as the son apologizes, before he can even realize what's happening, the father calls for a fine robe be wrapped around him and a ring for his finger. He tells the servants to prepare a feast and he declares, Let's celebrate because this son of mine was dead and he's come to life again. He was lost and he's been found. Okay. Maybe you're wandering from the Lord. Maybe you've been doing things your own way. Maybe you've been avoiding coming home because you don't feel worthy or you're afraid of confession. Remember how the father in the story sees the younger son. He kisses him before he can even apologize. The father never stopped loving the son. He was looking down the road, hoping to see him. And as soon as he apologizes, he's restored. And the father and his entire household rejoice. I mean, this is what happens every time we turn back to the Lord. Every time we confess our sins, even in the quiet of our hearts after examination of conscience at home, and especially when we confess mortal sin in the confessional, God celebrates every time. But remember, there are two sons. And truthfully, we're both of them at times. Hearing the ruckus up at the house, the older son, who'd been working in the fields like he did every day, asks, hey, what's going on? He's then told that his brother's returned and that his dad's thrown a party. Okay, put yourself in this guy's shoes, or maybe you're already wearing them. Maybe you're the kid who never wandered off. Maybe you've faced sin and temptation, and through God's grace, the Lord is slaying those dragons in your life. Praise God for that. You've been keeping the pew warm on Sunday and filling the basket when it's passed around. You are a church rock star, and that's awesome. The older son in this story is that kind of person. He's the steady guy who's always been there. And that's probably why he loses it when he hears what's going on. He charges up to the father and you can almost hear him jabbing his finger. Look, all these years I've served you and not once have I disobeyed. And yet you never threw me a party. Now this son of yours returns and you throw a feast. It's not fair. And really, that's the thing with God's love. Following the rules doesn't earn it. And if you've been slaving away in the fields of the church, trying to earn your way to heaven, well, you're mixed up. Our participation in God's work is part of the grace. We get to be part of what he's doing. That's an awesome gift. It's not slavery. God allows us to offer our service, our prayer, our doing the best we can to listen and to respond to him. He allows us to offer all of that for other people. And he'll take all of that and pour out more and more grace into our lives and the lives of the people around us. He lets us be part of what he wants to do. It's incredible. But the Lord knows that we people have a tendency to see the Father as a demanding taskmaster. But that isn't it at all. He loves us when we're near, and he loves us when we're far. And his expectation is that we're going to love each other the same way. That's why it's all of our story. The father explains to the older son, hey, everything I have is yours. The implication is clear. You're not my servant. You're part of me. Rejoice with me. Your brother, he was dead. We lost him and now he's back. We have to celebrate that. St. Paul gives some insight into how the brother should have reacted. In 2 Corinthians, Paul tells us that the mission of Christ is reconciling us to the father. But he goes on to say that we who believe we're also called to share in that mission. We are the people who seek the lost to bring them back. We celebrate the dead coming to life again. We're not servants, but sharers in the mission. The prodigal son is familiar, but we need to hear it. We need to place ourselves in the story. We're the lost son wandering off. We're the one the father kisses on the cheek. We're the ones he wraps in fine clothes and throw a feast to celebrate, but we're also the brother. We're called to do the work of the kingdom. We're called to live and to walk in holiness. But we can never forget that we don't do it as servants or slaves. But instead, we do it as a lost who've been found, seeking out the lost who still need to be found. This has been the Weekly Word from Everyday Catholic. Everyday Catholic is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we depend on the support of listeners like you. If this podcast is serving you, Please consider going to everydaycatholic.com forward slash donate and making a monthly pledge.